Hey gang, Sam here. In this episode of GarageCast, we tackle the parts and accessory department and dump the pro shop in there for our marine dealers that are out there. Last year, we did the inventory mid-year report. This is the mid-year report on parts and accessories. So enjoy this episode of GarageCast. We're going to do our best to get new thinking out there. There's going to be discussions centered around growth and new thinking. That's where those great ideas come from, exploring them together. Nuggets that you can go back and put into your dealership that'll help you make more money. This is GarageCast. Welcome to Garage Cast. Dude, I got a lot of uh, I got a lot of emails off of that last episode. Most of them were like, hey man, super good information. That was good quick hit stuff that we need to hear. Thanks for letting us know. Um, I had a few that were, hey man, the reason why that this is this, just want to let you know, is that <laughs> because they're coming. And I was just like, and then by the end of the email, it was like, you could just tell me to shut the hell up too, because it's probably just a lot of excuse making, isn't it? It just <laughs> cracked me up. But you know, we we did sales first half sales information, kind of to, to pep the industry up, make them realize the sky's not falling. Um, we are not. This isn't a deep dive of judgment. It's just more of hey, this is what's going on with a large amount of dealers in this country. So um, last week we did sales. This week, we're going to do parts. What, what are your thoughts initially on the first episode, Dantzler? I think that's normal for people to say, here's why it is what it is, right? I got a few of those, not in so many words, but uh, I, I, oh, we're just telling you what is. This isn't our judgment of what is. This is what is, and maybe why some of that is being caused. But again, everything we said last year, Tony, was let's look at 2019. Right. I want you, as you forecast into 2023, to go back to some semblance of normal which would be 2019, and compare yourself to that. And when we compare yourself to that, there's some indicators out there, like the inventory situation, that are different. But for the most part, margins, sales, so much of it is right in line with where 2019 was. So we're, we're picking up where we left off after a couple of weird years, hopefully very profitable years for our dealers. And I don't think the parts department is going to be very different. Obviously, there's some differences between the divisions, Marine, Harley metric that we play in, but I think you're going to find some of the same stuff uh, happening with the parts department. So parts department pro shop for you Marine guys. We're going to touch on that as well. So let's jump right in. Where do you want to go? You want to go metric first? Yeah, let's go metric. We started Marine last last uh, with sales. So let's start metric Then we'll go Marine and then we're going to go Harley Davidson to, to finish and then service. We'll start off with HD next week. So you know, turn into page two of our composite, you know, as, as we said last week, metric industry is relatively flat. And so in looking at flat numbers, want to take a peek at uh, one thing that caught my eye and, and that's that year over year, the total sales in the parts department and metric dealerships is up by about $30,000. So a uh, slight increase which I think is fantastic. Numbers are are looking decently in line. We, this is a department that we obviously say it, we feel is underrepresented in the dealership for many reasons. It's not just the good, hardworking 
parts and accessories people out there. It's just philosophy in a dealership sometimes and so whoa, on and so forth. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Tony Gonzalez talking about the good, hardworking people. Yeah, man. I mean, there's department. some good hard. There's at least three good, hardworking people in the parts department out there. Well, well let me break your heart <laughs> on those three because you're talking about the industry being up whatever you said, 20, 30 grand. It's up about 3%. Uh, mm-hmm. just north of a million so it's up three percent so on one hand hey hey good job we're up 30 yeah. percent or we're up yep. 30 grand i should say not 30 percent until i look at pna per ro now that's a service conversation but it's indicative of how much of the parts department got sold through service pna per ro went up from 312 grand to 346 grand Tony, that sounds almost like $30,000 of increase, which is to say that the entire increase in the parts department came from service riders, not from parts riders. So sorry to break your heart. Yeah. In all fairness, I thought it was going to be a higher number. I'll be honest. But but hey, yeah. So it it is your, your increase in dollars came from the service department, which, you know, we're going to talk about next week, but they happen to actually be up for the most part. But you know, the margins, Sam, looking at the margins, the margins pretty much stayed stable. Yep. Um, every every in, category, every yeah, category in the, in the metric world, uh, which gave a stronger gross margin bottom line. There wasn't any crazy uh, increases in department expenses. And as such, uh, the parts department national average has gone up by about four thousand dollars year over year in the metric space. So you're not uh, bleeding money. And, and and in all honesty, that was a place where I felt we were going to have some trouble going into an economy that was a little bit tough. Well, in an economy that's tough and when unit sales start to decline, people typically spend more money on the units they have instead of turning them in for brand new units. And so I would have thought the parts department would have gone up. But yeah, during these weird times, you and I speculated as to whether that was going to happen or not. But I think what you're seeing here, and we're going to see it in the other categories here as well, is an inability for the parts department to get emotional with the customer to match the excitement level of the customer coming in with his razor wanting to deck it all out. And that's indicative, Tony, of line items per ticket and dollars per ticket, both going the wrong direction, while the majority of the pickup and sales came from the service department with service riders, not the parts department. You with me there? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, The numbers didn't drop dramatically, so it wasn't like uh, the the floor fell out from underneath us. But yeah, it, it is, again, it's another truth that we need to spend some time loving that department. We need some time training that department. Well, yeah, I got to go back to your comment about bleeding. You said it's not bleeding. Yeah. Well, it's not bleeding relative to the sales that are happening. Where it is bleeding is relative to the inventory we're taking in that is now turning obsolete relative well, yeah, there to you sales. Go. Yeah, that's, that, that is the part where um, if I'm sending up a flare right now, the flare that I am sending up is going to be in obsolescence in the parts and accessories department. So... If you look year over year, I'll give you 2022 stats, 18% in parts, 13% accessories, 13.8 in clothing, and 13 in tires. Jump forward to 2023, we are 25.7 in parts, 23% accessories, 25% clothing, 21% in tires. The dollar values in most of these categories are also doubling already. So this goes. Yeah. What? No, that's it. From eighty-five grand last year, the average dealer sitting on eighty-five grand worth of obsolescence. And again, our our definition of obsolescence is it's been sitting around for twelve months or longer, to one hundred and seventy grand in obsolescence. 
So to your tune, Tony, more than doubling in almost every category. We went from the low teens as a percentage of inventory that's obsolete per category to the mid-20s on every single one of those categories. So it begs the question, what are our dealers doing about it? What are we doing to push that out, number one? And how did we get in that situation, number two? I, I think we're back to that old model. And, and well, well, hold on, because that's only half the story, dude. Mm. Half the story is what's obsolete. Current inventory values have gone up by over $150,000 in parts. It's gone up. Uh, actually, it's gone down in accessories. It's jumped a little bit in clothing and it has stayed flat in tires, but our parts orders has gone up significantly. So I guess the only thing I would tell you is that if this is some sort of tail that is following you and now this stuff is just becoming obsolete, listen, post-COVID dealerships, it now is the time to start a new way of figuring out how to order because do not go back to just taking a bunch of stuff if you do not have a plan because... As it stands, I mean, what was the number, Sam? 200,000, 300,000 that you said that was all obsolete as of right now? 170K total, which is more than double than the year prior. $170,000. You would absolutely shoot me in my head if I told you, go into your bank vault there, go grab $170,000 stacks of cash and go start a fireplace with it. You'd be like, what the hell are you talking about? But that is essentially what you're doing. Back to your point of the inventory situation and parts department going up, whatever it was in inventory and the dollar amount. We're now in the five to eight month supply of current inventory that's not obsolete, as opposed to a three month supply, which would give you four turns a year. We're playing in the five to eight months in every one of those categories. So not only is your obsolescence out of hand, you're about to continue to get more obsolescence because you're sitting so heavy on inventory right now. And I know most attention and most eyes are in the major units, major unit department, because that's where the inventory levels gets into the millions. Mm -hmm. But hey, if you're not watching this parts department, it's going to get out of hand in a big hurry. And Tony, to your point, we've always said, who is doing the buying? It's one thing to flush out the obsolete, have a sale, make it go away. The question is, who is doing the buying? Are they using an open to buy? What is your system to stop this from happening? And the last comment I'll say on that is, I think we need to give a hall pass to some dealers who are out there who didn't have any inventory to sell and they were taking on third party brands in the parts department to have something to sell, different gloves, different glasses, whatever it happens to be. And they just said yes to all the orders coming in because they desperately needed it. Well, we're past that. So you need to go back to to putting a governor on the on the buying and making sure we have a system per category on how to buy. Yeah, exactly. Let's switch over to Marine. Marine is is an interesting story, actually, to tell you the truth. So Marine, if we're talking year over year, if we're going to look at gross sales, right? Marine is essentially flat, dead flat. Some, some very interesting things to look at, though, is a decrease in line items per ticket mm. and also uh, a flat dollars per ticket, which, man, I sat there and I thought about that one for a while. And as to why, and I'm sure there'll be a lot of Marine dealers that are going to sit here and try and church me up on exactly why these numbers are this way, but not, <laughs> not yeah, not all, not all bad in, in the pro shop parts and accessories department as well. So I don't know. What are your, what are your thoughts on that, Sam? Well, Tony, it's funny that you bring that up because the Marine guys, uh, this is, this is the opposite of what's happening with our metric dealers on the showroom floor. 
because you sit here and you're like, okay, line items per ticket, dollars per ticket, that's happening over the counter in that department. Our sales look relatively flat across the board. Payroll looks slightly down. But if I go back to that same metric of P&A per RO, when I look at the effectiveness of the service department in selling parts, we went to 384000 from 356000 Guess what? There's 30 grand. There's 30 grand in sales, mm-hmm. right? So we're putting 30 grand more from the service riders department into the top bucket up here. So instead of flat in sales, we're actually down in the parts department in sales. They back down off of payroll slightly as a percentage of sales, which is making the whole department seem relatively flat. It looks like we're up, what, 19 grand, maybe the whole department, but mm-hmm. but basically flat year over year. So it's just an interesting dynamic here. We get to Harley, it's going to change yet again on us. When we're talking about inventory levels, um, you guys got to remember that, that you know, Harley and metric dealers have to remember that numbers in the marine space can get quite large based off of some of the stuff that they're putting uh, on these boats. But current inventory and in parts is up by $60,000 at a six-month supply. That's that's nothing to be too terrified about. They've gotten control of their accessories. They've decreased their number there to a 9.9 supply. My thing is obsolescent inventory is already starting to creep and creep big. So we're talking an inventory level of $128,000 OBS at a 27% margin on that. So 27% of the parts that they have in their department are already obsolescent, which which means it's only going to grow from there. Accessories isn't too bad, but it is definitely something that I think the marine industry needs to watch. And again, this is a conversation for everybody listening here is... You know, Sam talked about who's doing the ordering and, and who's using open to buy. I, I'm also talking about you just don't have to order so much stuff. You just don't mm. have to do it. it you, you don't need the amount of size runs that you have. You don't need every type of surfboard and every type of color in every type of brand and 14 different types of tow ropes and that kind of stuff is you just have to have a plan going into place so that we're not throwing dollars away. Yeah, it's funny, Tony, because you're talking about it's down. The accessories month supply is down to 9.9 month supply from 10.3, right? I mean, we, we were just beating the metric guys up because they're playing now in the five to seven month supply space. And the Marine crew is playing in the six to 10 month supply yeah. scenario. So to your point, I, and I think that's another one, you know, you said size runs, but a lot of people don't think about marine department size runs, but when you're talking about life jackets and wake surfing and things along those lines, there's a lot of clothing. There's a lot of wake surfing. There's a, you know, you're talking about a pontoon boat. There's less we're going to put on that thing. You're talking about a wake surfing boat. There's a tremendous amount that we can put in there. You start to put in e-foils and things like that in your inventory, that dollar amount can get high. I just want to make sure, much like marine, that we have a structured plan for how we're putting what we're putting into inventory. And are we flushing out the stuff that we brought on during COVID because we don't need it any longer because we've got it replaced with some of the premium inventory that's out there. Yeah. Let's switch over to the Harley space. Let's start really quick with just motor clothes on the front page there as a facet of our parts, accessories, and motor clothes department. When we're talking general merchandise, general merchandise is relatively flat when it comes down to... uh, the the gross sales in there were down by about forty thousand uh, dollars year over year, and that might come as a shock to a lot of people. But w- when we're when we're looking at the department, for the most part, we're down about twenty thousand dollars in contribution or net sales. You know, Sam, for 
for me, one of the main things that I have heard is just that the 120th stuff in, in motor clothes just killed a lot of dealerships. Harley Davidson just absolutely shoved down their throats the 120th, which is now over. It was the time of this recording. I don't know, probably three weeks passed by now. But um, uh, there was a ton of it that they just couldn't sell. And obviously, once that uh, once that event ends, that becomes a collectible in about, I don't know, 25 years, maybe. But um, Motor Clothes is, is doing pretty decent when, when we're looking at their inventory levels. The only thing that I see is is a double in their obsolescent value that has hit their stores. They've gone from $12,000 to about $24,000. So Motor Clothes kicking along. You just use that. That's the whole story, really. It is very stable year over year. I think every year we have an anniversary year with Harley Davidson. We end up talking about this, whether it's the gold key kits from the past or the hundredth anniversary paint schemes or whatever it happens to be. There's some leftovers, and they just they're going to have to work through that. But for for our listeners out there who are not Harley fans, the quickest way to Harley Davidson purchase is through a Harley Davidson T-shirt. So motor clothes becomes very important in that scenario because it really makes the appeal there and starts the journey to the motorcycle. So they have to end up carrying some of these. Oh, enough inventory to keep people excited about it, but, but balance the line, but there's really not much to talk about with Harley. I think maybe we should jump to the back page of the parts department. Cause there's some not fun stuff on the back page here, Tony. Yeah. So the first thing that really caught my eye and, and again, everybody, we just take the parts and accessories that are sold on ROs, which is parts and accessories put on to the RO by a service writer. Yeah. Um, so it just happens to be uh, parts, accessory sales. Then we take the number of ROs in the Harley space, which natural average is 1436 through through the end of June. You multiply those and you get a number. Well, turns out that $465,000 is being sold by the service department of about somewhere around $700,000, Sam almost dead on to $700,000. So of the $700,000 that is being sold in parts and accessories in the department, 465 of that is coming from the service writers. Just that, take, take, a, take a breath right there. Yeah. I want that to sink in with our listeners. 465 grand of 700 is being sold by service writers, not by the parts and accessories department. And it's be, Tony, I really do believe it's because we have traditional parts people who are like, when you're ready to get something, kind of like the auto parts counter, I will go to the back and get it for you and come out and I'll do it with a smile and say, do you need anything else? And then I'll let you go on your way, which is not a selling department, as we both know. That means that 34% of the department, less vehicle accessories, accessories to vehicle tires and wholesale, which doesn't carry a lot of money with it, is being sold by your parts and accessories department. Now, we're never going to flip that number. And we have a captive audience when they walk into the service department and open up an RO. We get that. So I'm not throwing shade. I guess I'm throwing a little bit of shade. We just need to we just need <laughs> to profesh, professionalize the department into a selling department. And when when you just got pissed off that I said that, hear what I said. We need to professionalize the department into a selling department. Not that the people that are working there are not professionals, but you got to be willing to train your people to sell. So um, year over year, the department has taken only about a $25,000 hit in gross sales. The payroll is relatively in line year over year. The advertising is line year over year. The department expenses are pretty much flat, which leaves us with a deficit of about $20,000. So it's, it's literally you take it from the top 
in gross sales. Everything else is flat. You bring it to the bottom. The department is off by about twenty thousand dollars. Well, and and in the spirit of a selling department, you know, I want a sales department that happens to sell P and A, not a P and A department that happens to make sales. Three point eight employees year to date. Last year, three point eight employees year to date. Ninety four grand total for the year. 94 grand total for last year. So payroll didn't move, even though the entire department went backwards 10%. What's that Mm -hmm. tell you, Tony? If the department's going up or down and the payroll's not moving along with it. That there's not incentive-based pay programs. That's exactly right. We have clerks. We don't have salespeople. Yeah. The the one place I want to take my hat off to HD parts and accessories departments is in their inventory. Their inventory levels, their parts uh, inventory levels are down, their accessories are flat, their tires are flat, Um, their parts, accessories, and tire obsolescence is about flat as well. Um, It jumped a tiny bit in the parts department, but everything else is flat, which means you're starting to control your inventory a little bit better. I would strongly push on you to continue to do just that. Um, Very important in today's day and age. Well, yeah, Tony, you're... you're if you average those categories, parts, accessories, and even tires, you're running three months supply in every category. We're spot on three months okay. supply, which is four turns a year. If I come down to the obsolescence, you're playing in the very low teens as a percentage of obsolescence per category. So to your point, very good inventory management's coming, inventory management coming out of the uh, Harley dealers that are out there. We just need yeah. to sell more, a little bit more in the top of the funnel. Yeah, spend a little bit more time training your people to be salespeople. Spend a little bit more time on add-ons and upsells. Spend a little bit more time on features, advantages, and benefits. What goes with what? Remember, gloves go great with a quart of oil. (laughs) You know, (laughs) it's true. A helmet goes great with a crush washer. It does not have to just stop at, oh, it looks like you're doing an oil change. Have you thought about maybe washing your bike? We have a great bucket over here. We have a great sponge that says Harley Davidson, a great spigot that says Harley Davidson. You need any of those things. You need a bell as we're walking up. You need a Gatorade, a, a Powerade, or whatever it is that we're selling. You just got to keep asking until the customer says, no, I'm good. Well, and Tony, I think the the, the way to get to that place it's a culture first. It, a lot of people get freaked out by the dollar amount, right? I'm not going to offer an exhaust system because I can't afford an exhaust system. So that's scary for me to offer an exhaust system on your new motorcycle, even though everybody buying a new Harley Davidson wants an exhaust system on there. And, and it starts with a culture, which is why poker chips at Harley dealerships are so advantageous. And I want, I want Marine and metric dealers to hear this. If you're charging a buck for a poker chip or three bucks or whatever the number happens to be, that is an easy upsell for somebody at the counter to say, I'm sure you're going to want to take home a couple poker chips for your friends and family. And the poker chips have the logo of the dealership. It's kind of like back in the old Hard Rock Cafe t-shirt collection days. You'd get one of those for your friends or neighbors or whatever it is. You're going to get a couple poker chips for your friends. It's easy to ask when they're a dollar a piece. When you get in the culture of asking and assuming that at the counter, then you ratchet the dollar amount up underneath it. Then you can pick a hot topic for the week. Like here's the hot item of the week, whatever that happens to be. Maybe it's um lens cleaner. You know, maybe it's one of the buff the buffs that go up under your neck to keep the cold weather out as we get into later parts of the year. Whatever it is, that is the item for the week that then is offered by every person. Hey, I'm sure you're going to need this thing. And I'm reminded of Wilson's leather in the mall, which is still around. Wilson's leather. Anytime you go and you get a jacket or you get anything from them, they take a can of shoe or a leather conditioner and they put it on top of the item and they say, I'm sure you're going to want this leather conditioner to go with your brand new jacket. 
And half of the people are like, yeah, I guess I do want that, right? It's just a culture and a mindset, but start with a low dollar amount, ratchet it up as you go. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was our mid-year report on uh, the parts department based off of six months of numbers. Uh, Stay tuned next week for service. Uh, Shoot us any comments, concerns, nasty text messages or emails that you might have (laughs) uh, about the parts department. For Sam Dantzler, I'm Tony Gonzalez. This has been GarageCast. Have a fantastic Tuesday. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.